This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Welcome back to the SJP Wrestling Podcast. This is episode 50, and I am over the moon to think that, you know, people want to listen to me and various other guests ramble on about this crazy world of pretend fighting of this many times. I mean, 50 episodes, and, and people are still downloading, people are still pressing play. It's amazing to me. Thank you so, so much for everyone who's ever listened, ever promoted, ever retweeted, ever downloaded, ever, ever had anything to do with the show, all the previous guests, and so on. Absolutely, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, it means so much. I mean, 50 episodes, I'm buzzing. It's fantastic. Um, You'll notice for the first time in 50 episodes, we have some new music playing us in today due to a little bit of an issue with somebody in Turkey laying claim to the song that I was, you know, very reliably, I thought, informed was going to cost nothing and the copyrights uh, were open and anyone could use it. It was free music. Apparently, there's a little band in Turkey who claimed they wrote that song. So... We've changed it up. Um, episode 50, maybe the start of a new era, new format, new guests. Why not some new music? So playing us in today and playing us out again at the end of the show and in future weeks is, well, you would have heard, uh, the band Awake by Design. They are someone who, well, a band that I know quite well because my younger brother, Adrian Powell, is the main songwriter, singer, performer, etc. for this band. Um, the song there was The Coming Tide, their most recent single, available on YouTube, Spotify, everywhere else. Um, if you want to follow the band, you can on Twitter at Awake by Design UK and all other social media platforms as well. Go check them a follow, have a listen to their stuff on YouTube. Uh, the Coming Tide single and the official video for it, I will tag on the at SJP Wrestling Pod Twitter account and Facebook account and so on so you can have a little look and just a big thank you to Awake by Design for allowing me to use that music and uh, hopefully open a few people's eyes and ears to some of the great stuff that Awake by Design produce speaking however of someone 
who is a namesake and a family member of my own with regards to AD, my younger brother from Away by Design. Our guest today is making her podcast debut. And she's also someone who is a family member and has uh, a very similar name, I suppose, a namesake of mine. Uh, and that is my amazing, talented, creative, beautiful awesome wife um i know her as sharon powell but online the majority of people will know her as sharon career um all the way from the other room in my house sharon how are you doing <laughs> i'm good thank you how are you oh wonderful all the better for talking to you my love <laughs> uh, okay I mean, before we get to what we're going to be talking about today on this episode um do you want to just let everybody listening, um, I mean, there's going to be numerous people who listen who are familiar with you from the live chat on chain wrestling that we do via Radio Techers with Magsy on a Monday night that interact with you there. A few people interact with you on Twitter already. Do you want to just let um, everyone out there who is maybe hearing of you or from you for the first time uh, know how you kind of came across this crazy world of professional wrestling? Well... I grew up with it, as you've been told many, many times, but obviously there's people who don't know. I've yes. watched it ever since I can remember um, because my mum was a huge wrestling fan. So we always had it in our house growing up. We always had, we was very fortunate to have Sky TV back in like the late 80s when it first came out. Um, so I've been watching it ever since I can remember, if I'm honest. Okay, and, and also, you know, you had a family member who who worked for the WWF, didn't you? If if your mum, <laughs> if my if my mother-in-law Janet was to be believed, uh, do you want to just tell that story to anyone who doesn't know it already? Yeah, when I was obviously a lot younger, um, and you used to have the sticker albums, my mum used to buy me stickers. But what I didn't realise initially is that she open them first go through them and take out any of the pictures of Bret Hart that she liked so <laughs> for for the majority of my childhood my mum carried a picture of Bret Hart in her purse so as you do as a kid it's like who's that mum like why is Bret Hart in your purse sort of thing and she'd say oh that's granddad and it was a very throwaway <laughs> comment but it's something that stuck I knew him, you know, as I got older, he wasn't my granddad, but it's still a running joke to this day. Sort of 30 years later, we still joke about him being my granddad. Yeah, it's, I love that story. It's brilliant. It's, it's nice as well of your granddad to have signed that picture for me that we've got in the in the, in the back room <laughs> next to the other signed signed pictures as well. So, yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> so I suppose that would make you quarter Canadian, would it? <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose, yeah. And our kids must be what one eighth Canadian or something. Like that, I suppose that's news. That's new information to me. I didn't think of it that way before. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, what I'll do now, I'll, I'll explain to everyone listening the the kind of new idea that we have going forward with the SJP Wrestling Podcast. Um, before anyone sort of panics and thinks things are changing too much, because I know there are people out there who, who are big supporters of the show. Handy, uh, T1TF on Twitter, for example. Steve-O as well. Enjoy what we've done in the past. Those formats are not going away. We will still continue to speak to uh, local independent wrestlers about their careers. We will continue to speak to these same people about um, old pay-per-views and review old shows together. Uh, the likes of David Eaton, 
and so on, uh, Sean Carans and all the other great guests from Evolution Wrestling and beyond will continue to come on the show to look at pay-per-views with me and so on as well. So that's not going away. This is an additional format that I thought could be a bit of fun with um, well, anyone who's interested. So by all means, you know, send me a message on Twitter at SJP Words or message the show at SJP Wrestling Pod if you fancy coming on the show as a guest. But what we're going to be doing here for the first time with um, with Sharon it's something that I've not, to be honest, I suppose, quite unprofessionally, I haven't actually named it yet. Um, ideas in my head were Awesome Foursome, Fab Four, whatever, I don't know. We'll come to some sort of conclusion eventually, I guess. But we'll, we're going to be looking at four different matches, very briefly, very quickly, scanning over each match. Um, the guest, in this instance, Sharon, will be picking three matches that mean a great deal to her, whether that's something that's um, mesmerized her, recently or a match from her childhood that meant a lot or a match that emotionally uh, she's very attached to for whatever reason just wrestling that she loves three matches any era any wrestlers any stipulation any company etc i will then add a fourth into the con in, into the conversation as well and depending on the three matches that my guest picks will depend upon how i go about selecting the fourth one um that's basically the the scenario for today's show um sharon how did you find re-watching some of these matches that you loved and and a match that as far as i'm aware i suggested to you that you've not seen before what were your thoughts I have loved it. Um, obviously, the three matches that I picked, I watched in one hit the other day. Yep. And I loved it. The The buzz of watching those matches again. You know, ma- matches that I did love or a match I thought I loved, but we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was great watching it. It's, it's amazing. It's nice having to pick what I loved rather than being told what to watch, barring the one match you told me to watch. Right. <laughs> Being told, I don't tell you that often what to watch, do I, surely? Well, wrestling No, voice. but you know what I mean? Rather than watching, like for me personally, watching a pay-per-view doesn't mm-hmm. interest me because you know what I'm like for going back and watching wrestling. It's not something I do. So yeah, this was a good way round it, I suppose. Yeah, and, and it's kind of what, what created the idea of doing this um awesome foursome i suppose format is because there are people who don't want to go back and watch a whole pay-per-view so watching just a couple of matches that mean a lot to them and and then ranking them in the order of preference um it's something that you and me kind of settled upon doing for you coming on the show but i love the idea so much it is something that i'm going to carry on doing with other people as well so yeah so every time you hear this it's something that you very much helped create i guess yes <laughs> uh, okay, so we will um, dive straight in, I suppose. And we have our four matches here. Um, we'll start with one from yourself, and then I guess have a look at the one I selected, and then finish with the final two from from you, Sharon. If that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So, what is the first choice, and I suppose more importantly, why was it selected in your in your three? Well, the first match I'm going to pick is The Rock versus Triple H at SummerSlam 98. It's the Intercontinental title ladder match. The reason I picked this match, because this was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be to sort of narrow it down to three matches. Mm. The reason I picked this one is because this is the match that got me back into watching wrestling when I went through that 
awkward teenage stage of not wanting to do anything what your parents do and I stepped <laughs> away from wrestling this was the match I was already watching you know weekly shows but this was the match that solidified for it for me this was like wow I really have to watch this again seeing The Rock who at the time was a heel I loved him so that was that for me yeah I understand I mean it's it's quite a funny time for me looking back when, when I rewatch this because obviously The Rock is a heel here which you know you kind of get used to because it does flick between the two I suppose but to me it's Triple H and how Triple H looks he's got the kind yeah. of more I don't know how to word it more fluffy blonde hair i guess for want of a better yeah. term and he's got those crazy long purple tights on which don't he doesn't look like triple h at all here does he no not not the one we know and love now yeah exactly <laughs> um also I, I mean i've seen this pay-per-view numerous times for you know, various different research reasons and also just going back and checking out random wrestling here and there. Um, but I completely forgot about the DX band playing Triple H to the ring. I got, I totally forgot that happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, same. I even made note of it because I forgot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I also, I think, maybe look back on this with rose-tinted glasses a little because I remember the DX band being a lot better because that was, to me, I thought that was quite ropey. Yeah. It was it a bit was, indie feeling. It had a bit of an indie vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, it weren't great. It, were, it was funny seeing him, uh, Triple H pick up the lead singer on his shoulders and run around with him, though. That, that, that's yeah. it. Um, I mean, you say that, yes, that was funny, but I didn't enjoy the camera flashes, like the flicking to picture to picture to picture, and it's like that just made my head hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's similar. I mean, I remember we sat down and watched, I think it was an episode of Raw, it might have been SmackDown, so I'm, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but it might, I think it was Raw about maybe two, three months ago, which is probably the last time we actually put Raw on, isn't it, in our house, let's be honest. And yeah. <laughs> um, The camera jumps then drove me mad. Yeah, I remember you saying. And it's like, how and we can... was, There was things that was missed as well, wasn't there, because of the cameras jumping. I remember talking about it. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like somebody throwing, say, five or six punches in the corner every punch they jump to a different angle but of course these are really quick cuts and um it's enough to make people feel seasick yeah yeah not good look not a good look what i thought was a good look and so i'm always really fond of with this match here is um SummerSlam 98 was in madison square garden so you get that kind of unique entrance way that's facing the hard camera yeah that it's very narrow and you're almost you're almost looking through the ring and then down the um, down the entranceway, I guess, into the into the back. Very unusual for a WWE pay per view the way they like, lay things out. Uh, what do you think about that? Because the fans were very much on top of the wrestlers as they were coming out, weren't they? It it felt again. It felt very of the time to be sort of so surrounded by people walking yeah. to the ring. It's it's something that obviously we grew up watching, but you forget that it used to be that tight walk into the ring yeah totally um they went back there for a war rumble when if you remember john cena made his return after injury came out really late on and the, he stands there waiting for the cameras to sort of catch him and they're all the fans are all leaning over just pulling at him all over the place it's like <laughs> it's like you know yeah. maybe, maybe extend it a bit or get better security because it was like like you said Charles, really really cramped one other thing early on that that sort of stood out to me was the Rock and Triple H. Obviously, you can't hear them, but if you can lip read, there's a lot of 
F you. Yeah. You know, and right at the beginning, did you see that? Yes, I did notice that, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but that just really tickles me. I don't know, I don't know why it makes me laugh when you see them really, you know, enthusiastically ranting and swearing at each other. Okay, I suppose that, you know, the, we get past the the intros and the, the, the FUs back and forth. What did you think of the match, watching it back for the first time in, I, I don't know how long, it must have been quite a while. Pretty much since it aired. Oh, okay. It was great watching something that I believed to be so magical but the downside of re-watching it is like, okay, that wasn't quite as magical as I remembered. Right, I know what you mean. Yeah, carry on. So it, it was sort of like, it, it took the shine off it, if I'm honest, and it's almost it's that thing of you almost wish you'd left it alone. Yeah, I know exactly where you're coming from. Do you remember when I sat down with our lad Liam to watch The A-Team a few years ago? Trying, <laughs> yeah. to, try, trying to tell Liam that this was one of the greatest TV shows ever made, and I watched it back and I was mortified. It's <laughs> that yeah, kind it of was thing. Like that. Yeah, taking the shine off is a really good way of wording that. That's, that's that's yeah, that's spot on the money. There were some great moments, obviously, some great bumps, some some great um, uh, some great moves and so on. But one thing I picked up was that it all felt kind of I don't know. Maybe I'm spoiled by modern day ladder matches, but it kind of felt quite slow and sluggish in places. Yeah, it. it I think it, it was a bit of a product of its time in respect of they were both big guys. You know, you felt like they were blowing up quite early. Right. Okay. Yeah, I understand. The latter sort of, sort of comes into play not as early as I would imagine either. I mean, I would have thought looking at other ladder matches, how quickly the ladder comes into play now. That they do a bit of actual wrestling for a while um, yeah. before Triple H starts taking some quite stiff bumps, isn't it? There's the one on the outside when the ladder stood up that he's thrown into. He hits it really yeah. hard then, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's not a good one. But then he's got this he's got this leg injury as well that he's selling throughout the whole duration of the match. Um but you say about taking the magic off and so on. There was one moment where the rock was hitting his, Triple H's leg into the ring post. And my note actually says here, it looks like shit. Because it's not convincing at all. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Also, there's a moment where the rock kind of has the match won, isn't there? Where Triple H on the outside of the ring and he climbs the ladder really quick and effectively stops and waits for Triple H. Uh, what were your thoughts on on that? And I suppose ladder match, ladder matches in general, the sort of slow climbing and so on. What, how do you kind of find that in modern day wrestling and back then? It's one of my biggest bugbears, and it's something that I've made notes on. That I put like the Rock slowest climb ever, the Rock <laughs> another very slow climb. Yeah, it, it's a bugbear of mine because it's like they they pump up the energy to get the ladder up, and they effectively run to the ladder, and then it's like oh these steps oh it's just too much <laughs> you wouldn't want to hang in wallpaper for you would you no and it it's just unconvincing and then i think the big problem with it personally is that when they do go when they actually do go for the site or or whatever's hanging all of a sudden it's sped up and it's like oh okay so you can move now then yeah, you know, I, I tell you, I never really thought of that before. I always think of the slow climb and how how ridiculous it can look sometimes. Well, a lot of the time, but that's a really good point. I never thought once about the accelerated climb. In theory, when they're even more tired because the slow climbs haven't been successful, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never thought of that. That's that's quite funny. Huh. We get a, a, another really sort of. I mean, I've got a, I've got a note here saying it literally just I from. Triple H going for the pedigree, but the rock counters it and backdrops him onto the ladder. And there's no way you can 
there's no way you can sort of fake that bump. There's no way you can sort of cushion that. That that's got to hurt, you know. Well, yeah, you can't protect yourself from that, and it's 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 one of those moves that you could know everything in the business. You're still going to go out. That yeah, and the noise as well. The noise the ladder makes when it's hit. That awful cracking sound. Oh my goodness. Something I noticed as well during this match, as, as we're sort of coming towards the finish, I guess. Like I said, the, when we do these sort of foursome, awesome foursomes or whatever, we're going to very much quickly scan through each match, unless there's anything particular that the guest or I want to properly dive into. It's how, one thing I did notice is how much the crowd absolutely adored China and how massively they popped when she hit Mark Henry. Yeah. I mean, that was just, they were fanatical for her. Um, but again, seeing her in that bright green rather than the black that she sort of went on to wear or maybe wore before i don't quite remember that either yeah i noticed that too because i only ever remember her wearing black like you said yourself Mm. so i mean don't get me wrong it was nice to see her in something different especially when i'd forgot it but it was weird yeah i mean i remember um i think her name was tori she was with DX for a little bit later in later years, and she wore green for a bit. But China were in the bright green again. I'm, we may I'm, we may get people on Twitter messaging going, "Well, she wore green for twelve months." Well, I, I just don't remember it. <laughs> no, I don't remember it. So you're not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> um. Obviously, a moment here that will please many people, I suppose, uh, of a certain persuasion. We get a shot of the Rock's arse when Triple H and the rock do the old rick flair spot of putting the trunks down i guess um, i made a note of that too <laughs> did you really not just not not just a note a screenshot and everything yeah yeah probably there's <laughs> somewhere. i'm not gonna i can't confirm or deny that <laughs> mark henry uh brings powder into the ring and throws powder in into triple h's eyes uh to try and assist the rock he does it in a very secretive um hidden kind of way which baffled me because a ladder match effectively is no dq people can just do whatever they like can't they so i don't know why he's hiding it so much but there we go and again talking about forgetting things i completely forgot the finish of this match i knew i knew about the match i knew like people look at it as being really good for his era and so on I forgot completely about the finish that Triple H has got this powder in his eyes and he's climbed the ladder and he's struggling to find the belt because he can't see. And China sort of helps him out and gets rid of the rock and then he he grabs the belt. I thought that was really inventive, but for some reason, again, the same as China's green outfit, it completely disappeared from my mind. Yeah, same. I remember, um, well, I remember talking to you about it and saying, and this is how we know it's the match it is, because I said to you, oh, it's the ladder match and The Rock was all busted up at the end and he had a nosebleed. Oh, yes, yes. So I remembered The Rock bleeding, but yeah, I, I didn't remember Triple H with the powder either, to be fair. No, it's so funny how your mind, I suppose, plays tricks on you, isn't it? Um, and we'll, we'll get to your sort of summary of this match in just a sec. But to me personally, I remember this being far better. Yeah. What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, exactly the same. I remember it being better. And, you know, it, it. yes, it was nice to watch again, but something should be left alone. The A-team factor, I think we'll call that. That's what I'll stop referring to that. <laughs> the A-team factor. Yeah, okay. So that was uh, match one of, of the foursome we're looking at today. Shall we have a little look at my selection, Sharon, for you to watch? Yes. Okie dokie. Um, <laughs> I chose this match uh, purely because the three matches... He likes you... to torture his wife. I don't... Yeah, I like to torture your wife. This is a classic. <laughs> this is a... <laughs> 
<laughs> um, purely because the matches that I, I wanted to go old school because that's very much where my mindset and my 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 favorite era of wrestling is. Um, but also, I wanted just a straightforward one-on-one singles match because the three matches that you have um, are none of them are straightforward singles matches. So I thought this adds a sort of different a different aspect to the four. The match I chose was Ricky Steamboat versus Randy Savage for the Intercontinental Title uh, from WrestleMania three. So what were your what were your thoughts then? Because I mean, obviously you've watched this. We've had no conversation about this since you press play. I'm really intrigued as to what you thought of this because it is one of my favourite matches of all time. I think it it very much is a match of the time. Yeah. It it's a real difficult thing because the way I look at things now, and maybe I'm wrong for doing this, that's fine. But I watch certain things now and I think, what would Charlie think of that? Okay, yeah. I mean, for those listening who may not not, not be aware, majority of people will be. Charlie is Sharon and I's youngest daughter who watches the majority of wrestling with Sharon and I. So you hear me speak about Sharon, uh, Charlie's opinions on things quite a bit on chain wrestling because it's interesting seeing it through through new, innocent, young eyes, I guess. Yeah, sorry, Sharon. You, you, think, you think, what would Charlie think of that? Yeah, and I think she'd, she'd probably be with me in the respect of, yeah, it's great and all, but... Okay. Okay. So this, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put it down. I'm not gonna. I would never give it a bad rating, but it's just very of the time. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, it's 1987, so it's filmed in a certain way. Um, the the production is of its time, as you said, Shah. Spot on there. Um, to me, the in ring action is what really sort of. Um, I, I suppose piques my interest because the, the, I mean, there's two things to me that happen in this match that really, really stand out. Uh, and one is the speed in which Steamboat and Savage are doing certain things. Um, there's a few sections where Steamboat is hitting his 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 arm drags, his hip tosses, which I think are the best in the business. It's, it's Ricky Steamboat doing an arm drag looks amazing. That um, impressive. Yeah, so good. And people even now to this day still say, that's as good as Ricky Steamboat in reference to how good his arm drags were about that. Yeah. And then the second thing that really gets me is they're both trying to win the match. They both keep going for covers over and over and over again. And I think sometimes that's something that gets lost in modern wrestling. Yeah. Like people want to be doing a stunt show or putting you know, this spot, and then we go to this spot, and then we go to this move. It's supposed to be a sporting contest. I love the way these guys were trying to win a sporting contest. Does that make sense? I don't know if I explained that very well. Yeah, it's just, they're going for the win. It's exactly that like they've gone into the match to go for the win. They're not yeah. there to put on a show. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And uh, to me, I think it's a great show they put on. I mean, old uh, friend of the show, Shagger Dave Meltzer, as uh, Mr. Mr. Magsy refers to him as, he gave this a really, really high rating on his, his Observer newsletter. And there's a couple of moments that, to me, again, stand out. Bearing in mind, it's 1987. Savage hits a axe handle off the top rope to the outside. I thought that looked spectacular, considering the time. Yeah, definitely. It did It did look impressive. But Savage is fantastic at making things like that look good. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. I think that's a really good point. Because when you actually look at the move itself, a double axe handle is literally just knocking the guy on the noggin with both his hands. Yeah. And dropping into a standing position. So I suppose in theory it's not that spectacular, but you're right, it looks incredible, doesn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. But like I said, I think that was Savage all over. Mm, no, I think that's a really good shape. The one thing I think that lets this match down a touch is the finish. Um, as much as I love this match, and I've seen it God knows how many times, the finish, I think, lets it down for two reasons. One, I don't think we need George Steele, George Animal Steele, getting involved. I don't think that was necessary, and it kind of took the, the sheen away a little bit. And secondly, I'm all for a, a, a roll-up or a small package finish when it's done well. But Steamboat doesn't quite hook both legs, so it looks kind of messy. Yeah. Do, what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It just it effectively made a bit of a mockery of everything that had just happened. Yeah, it, it, it looked like he could have got his shoulder up, I suppose, yeah. as opposed to other moves earlier that he did kick out of, I guess. Okay, I'll put you on the spot now. Yes or no? Would you be more? Would you be interested in seeing more from, for arguments like Ricky Steamboat from the late eighties on the basis of this match, or as the the fact that it, it, it is that dated? Because um, it is, you know, wrestling's formed by everyone's opinions. I know people that won't watch anything from the nineties because to them it seems old, and that includes the Attitude Era. You know, so <laughs> would would you? Does this sold you on an era that I love, or has it made you just think, okay, that was all right? but not my cup of tea or what are your thoughts? In short, no, I'm okay. not, it's, it's not inspired me to go back and watch anything. I lived through it. You know, we've had these conversations before where it's like I said, you know, we almost had the wrong lives because I lived through all of that. Whereas you had to watch it in different means to me. So yeah. I'm I'm not interested in going back and, you know what I'm like with a lot of things like that. I don't tend to rewatch matches. It really isn't my thing. So the thought of going back and watching to watching something from the eighties, absolutely not. No, definitely not for me. I know one person on Twitter, uh, a good friend of the show, Total Stevo, who would 100% agree with you on that, Sharon. He's actually sent me a DM before on Twitter saying, I don't want to go back and watch the old stuff. When I suggested a couple of matches to him, it's funny. Like to me, I would rather watch that than some stuff that's on now. It's just funny, and I think this is why wrestling is so fantastic, because I'm a wrestling fan, you're a wrestling fan, Steve-O's a wrestling fan, um, all these different people who listen to the show are wrestling fans, but they're all fans in a different way, and I think that's just just what makes this sport, this crazy world, so wonderful, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely, and it's it's it's, it's like we've said, it, it's a wonderful thing, it's an amazing thing, it's a shame for the people who let the industry down but it's it's an incredible thing and it could be an incredible experience for everyone who watches it really yeah it's emotion for me it's emotion totally. that, you know i always say that um the in-ring product is the most important thing to me but i suppose without the stories you don't always get the emotion so i suppose it does kind of go hand in hand but yeah and, and again yeah i mean you know me, I'm a crybaby. I cry <laughs> at the drop of a hat. But how many times have we watched wrestling and I've been sat there crying? Yeah. Because of, you know, you, there's a few things, you know, let's not start going through the list because it'll just go on and on. But, <laughs> you know, you, we've sat there and I'm bawling my eyes out and this is wrestling. This is supposed to be fake, you know, and, but, and that's the point. It's a, a product can bring that out of you and it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think when was the last time I cried at wrestling. Um, 
Well, CM, CM Punk Pun turned up. Yeah, CM Punk's return, isn't it? I've bored like a baby. You and Charlie <laughs> looked at me like, what's wrong with Dad? Yeah, there they are. Um, Shawn Michaels retiring Ric Flair. That made me cry. <laughs> oh man! You, you did get a most with Reigns as well when he had to step aside. Oh, when he had his yeah leukemia. Oh, yeah, that was that was real sad. Yeah, it was uh, sad. Yeah, but things like that. So yeah, of course, of course. And Daniel Bryan's return, well, retirement and return, was was emotional. Um, his, his retirement was definitely emotional because of the timing. I was, I was Edge edges, edges retiring. <laughs> I was going to just say Edge. Yeah, Edge is retiring. I mean, I, I know for a, I know for a fact because we've done it. Um, was it after? It was after the WrestleMania where everyone was um, not not able to attend because of COVID. So it was like in the performance center, wasn't it? And after that WrestleMania, they ran that documentary on Edge's comeback year and the comeback in the Rumble. Yeah. And they showed clips of his retirement speech, and both me and you were sat there, our bottom lips going, and even on a bloody replay. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I said to you, didn't I? So this is ridiculous because at the time, fine, but why are we still crying? Like, why am I still crying now? Because he's come back. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I'm trying to like hide the fact that I'm blubbing. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's my allergies. It's my allergies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, um, I suppose we have two matches left to sort of scan through and have a look through. And these two matches, I think, are what's going to make it incredibly difficult when we come to listing the four in order, potentially. Well, for me, anyway, I don't want to speak you, to you. For you, yeah, me, not so much, but for you, definitely. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll go with whichever one you decide to go with first. But these are full of... Both these matches are just full of great moments and great spots. Which which one do you want to look at, Sha? Let us do the NXT North American title ladder match at the NXT TakeOver New Orleans, April 7th, 2018. Oh, didn't you sound all professional then? I did, didn't I? That's fancy. Oh, that, it's funny. I'm going to be out of a job soon. You're going to be hosting this on your Todd. And it works because your initials are exactly the same as mine. So we won't even have to change the logo that you made. It will still oh say God. SJP. How does that? How great is that? It's so convenient. It's so smooth. <laughs> I have a fancy a week off. You could just step in, talk Adam Cole or something. <laughs> oh well, then I'll be live for like seventy-five million hours. <laughs> yes, you are fond of Mr. Cole. But I suppose we'll get to that whilst we talk about this match here. Um, first things first. Six guys in this match: EC3, Killian Dane, Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, Lars Sullivan, Ricochet. Only one of them still works at WWE now. Hmm. It says a lot, I think, when you look at the talent in that list. It says a lot, but obviously, um, I I never thought EC3 was a great fit for NXT anyway. I said that to you from the beginning. Yeah, I can see that. He's got um, the look of a main roster guy, hasn't he, body-wise, I suppose. Yeah, it, it always baffled me when he came in. I mean, it didn't, because I think it's the only place they would have put him in, but it baffled me when he came in at NXT because it's like, hang on, this was the guy over at Impact was the guy. Mm-hmm. And he's come in at an NXT level, but it, it, it's that thing of, okay, that speaks volumes for WWE more so than EC3 because I think he could have gone onto the main roster very comfortably. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I mean playing devil's advocate here. I don't. I'm, I'm not in the habit of defending WWE, as you know. So, but just playing devil's advocate here, there is this mentality that guys who work for Impact, TNA, or or some of the Indies or whatever, they don't know how to work 
the WWE way with regards to where the cameras are, um, with regards to when they hit certain moves, uh, almost like wrestling on television is different to wrestling in um, an independent show on an independent show. And to, to a degree, that, that, I think that's 100% right, because you need to be know where which camera is for this, which way to look for that, and so on. Maybe that was part and parcel of it, because EC3 had never been... I mean, he had a couple of matches on Velocity, I think, way back when, but it, the majority of his career was spent elsewhere. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I, I think if that's going to be your excuse, that's a non-excuse, because you have people making their debut on the main roster, so you've got time to train someone to do that. And he's not a stupid guy. He's a very intelligent guy. So I, I can see where you're coming from, but I'd also argue against it. Yeah. And I suppose um, to back up your point, AJ Styles was the guy in impact for a long time. He didn't exactly. debut anywhere else. So yeah, that's, he did that does NXT. So it's that thing of, well, yeah. it, were they okay with AJ because he'd been away from impact long enough? Did that make it okay? I, I don't know. Mm, no, I see what you mean. Um, also on the note of EC3, oh, we all know his TNA theme, Trouble, 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 was, was brilliant. But that the top... Best. Yeah, that top 1% entrance theme, I really enjoy that as well. Yeah, I remember you liked that one. Yeah, that's good. Um, but it was but, EC3 all over, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, but on that note as well, when his music hit... It took a second or two to tweak who it was because I completely forgot about EC3 being in NXT at all. It completely slipped my mind. I don't know why, but there we go. Just another example of things that sort of disappear into the depths of my mind, I guess, full of a, you know, quantum leap facts and NWA, you know, mid-Atlantic wrestling knowledge. <laughs> hmm. Britt Baker's in the crowd. I made a note of that too because I thought it was really funny. Yeah, now we'd have watched this. We watched, we'd have watched this live, wouldn't we? But, but uh, No, well, we didn't watch it live, and I can talk about that in a bit. But <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but we did say something at the time, and we was like, oh, my God, that's his missus, because obviously we knew who she was then. Mm. So we we did talk about it at the time. Okay. But she um, wasn't Britt Baker from AEW at the time. No, no, that's true, yeah. Um, also, something I know we spoke about at the time, how beautiful that title belt is. It's stunning. That's the one I want next, I think. Yeah, okay. Just, Wait till you turn 50. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit of context. Sharon bought me a replica of the uh, the big gold belt, the old NWA WCW world title for my 40th, because it's my favourite championship belt, and I've wanted one for decades. Um, so now I've got one, i kind of got the bug. I want a winged eagle, I want a European title, I want an IWGP championship, I want a North American title. We should title. take it in turns, because it's our collection, because we're married. So if you buy me the winged eagle, then I'll buy you one in return. What do you mean, it's our collection, because we're married? <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> well, we're a couple. So what's yours is mine, and what's mine is my own. I was going to say, bloody hell, does that, does that mean I'm allowed to pit the music when we're in the car? No, no, learn to drive. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> we'll debate the belt later. Um, <laughs> one thing that does irk me a little bit about this match is we've got the NXT crowd who, who make NXT shows a great deal of the time. The NXT crowd are fantastic with the crowd chanting and the, the involvement in entrance themes and certain things they do. They, I think they're like an 
a real big extra for the NXT experience. Yeah. However, they're chanting this is awesome here before anyone even touches. That pisses me off. I don't know why. It just bothers me. I think that's your issue. Yeah, I think you're right. Because it, at the end of the day, I felt the same. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. Like, and like the one note I made, and I know I felt it at the time as well, watching them come in, watching the entrances. Um, you you know I've loved Adam Cole from the moment he stepped into a WWE ring. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I never listened to you way back when, and it did take for that to happen. Um, but everything for me was geared up for Ricochet to win this match. In the, the entrances, everything. Yeah, and there was a big deal about his debut and all that, wasn't there? Yeah, and it just seemed very ricochet biased. But it was awesome. Going into it, it was awesome. So I disagree with you. Well, there's a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mentioning ricochet there, I mean, obviously Adam Cole uh, wins the contest here. (gasps) Spoiler! Well, yeah. (laughs) Adam Cole wins the contest here and... I think booking-wise, that was the right decision. I don't need to ask if you think it was the right decision because you would have Adam Cole with all the belts all the time, you know? But I but I remember, because I, I remember the night so vividly, and again, it's one of those funny memories that stick with you, and I know it always will, because we were sat downstairs when the pay-per-view started, and I'm like, can I put it on? And, and you was there going, no, I don't want to know anything. Because I was going to watch it the following day, wasn't I? Yeah, and yeah. You know, which was fine, and it's like, okay... And I sort of said to you, can I go upstairs and watch it then? Because, you know, I want to know what goes on with Cole. And you're just like, oh, whatever, go to bed then. Just like, don't tell me anything. And so we didn't watch it together. I already knew the result because I went up to bed and watched it on my Kindle. Trying to contain <sighs> that excitement was insane because yeah. how I didn't make you aware who would win considering what you know I'm like now, is amazing. Yeah, I mean, again, for anyone listening, a bit of context, Sharon does get very emotionally involved in certain wrestling aspects and so on. When Adam Cole debuted for AEW the other week, and when Edge returned at the Royal Rumble, um, yeah. I mean, my mum lives around four miles away. I think she heard Sharon's reaction at three o'clock in the morning. Just I think the, Cole's was the biggest, though, to be fair. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon. Um, the kids were jumping out of their skin. and <laughs> It was like five o'clock in the morning, wasn't it? And I'm like yeah. screaming. I'm amazed we didn't have the police turn up. Yeah, yeah. Neighbours complaining. Oh, dear. <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying. I'm, it, it's quite shocking. I never made you aware he won. And I think I hid that beautifully until we watched it. Yeah, you did, to be fair. That was really good. But on the plus, I'd have been really cross if you'd let it slip. But at the same time, you, you were spot on. Me, I'd hide that. That's great. The thing is, with that, I mean, Cole, I think, was the right decision at the time. And this match, I really enjoyed at the time. And uh, watching it back, I really enjoyed. But to me, Ricochet is the star of the show. He's he's obviously, they, they've earmarked this guy for a big future at this time. I mean, ultimately, he went on to be in a tag team scene and now he's chasing the 24-7 title or some bollocks. But some of the stuff he was doing just blew my mind. It was it was amazing to watch. Yeah, I mean you got um, you got a moment where he's getting tipped out the ring and he turns it into a moonsault. Um, yeah, that was that. Yeah, off the ladder, that was incredible. Yeah, there, there's another moment where he's um, he, he literally just gets thrown up in the air, um, but he kind of 
the way he spins and lands and takes the bump is is because the height he's getting is ridiculous. You've got Lars Sullivan and Killian Dane throwing him back and forth, and he's flipping his own body in midair and just just unreal, just absolutely unreal. This guy, and it's the first time I'd really seen Ricochet, and he just blew my mind. Mm, yeah, definitely. It was a, a great match to debut in and have. Uh, the multitude of people to work with and you know see him in that situation not just a one-on-one situation yeah exactly exactly there any... i think he showed off his best in one match not saying he hasn't done better or not bad than him he just literally put on a display for his first match yeah that's a really that's a really good way of putting it i think it's almost like he's he's put himself out there in a shot window and gone here you go this is what i can do and people yeah. are People are behind him straight away because it was superb. Um, are there any other moments that, that sort of stick out to you about uh, about this match that that you think, wow, that was excellent? There's so much. If I went through all my notes, this podcast would be about three hours long <laughs> because it, like, I have made an excessive amount of notes whilst watching it. And I know you said to me, you don't need to make notes. It's like, but there's so much that I don't want to forget anything. Right. And there is, there's just literally so much stuff. It was just such a fantastic match from start to finish. And, you know, I'm not 100% sure where we stand on even mentioning his name at the moment, but Velveteen Dream was incredible. Mm. And he took some bumps. That that top rope elbow from, well, the top rope elbows he was doing, and then that elbow drop from the top of the ladder as well. Yeah. I mean, big Randy Savage fan. Shawn Michaels is, is my guy. I love a top rope elbow drop. Um, Velveteen Dream was was superb at that. I think it's a real shame because I think we're being deprived of someone who is obviously talented uh, and entertaining to watch because of his own stupid decisions and his own his own moronic behaviour. You know? Yeah. What a piece of crap! Ah, uh, there we go. Um, I got a chuckle from EC3 doing the whole EC3 baby bay bit. That was good. Yeah, and um, yeah. That was quite funny, but no, don't ever do that again. <laughs> Super kicks flying around everywhere, and then you get the proper version. And my goodness, didn't the crowd love Adam Cole? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the finish is also very interesting as well. I mean, you get all six people on the ladders very high up. Um, a, a combination of ladders. I think there's like three ladders there, with six people on it, or maybe four ladders there potentially. People start falling one by one, one by one, one by one. Uh, Lars Sullivan ends up climbing up, and at one stage it did lo- really look like this was going to be a match he was going to win, and he because they were pushing mm. this guy to the moon, weren't they? Um, yeah. Ricochet jumps on his back, and they all fall down, as the saying goes. Um, Cole tips Ricochet out the way. And climbs up, grabs the belt, and wins. And we get the big, huge pop from the crowd because, you know, despite the fact that Adam Cole is at this stage very much supposed to be a bad guy, people can't boo him because he's freaking brilliant. Because he's Adam Cole. Bay Bay. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I stopped myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I still watching that again. And again, I really must reiterate I don't re watch matches. That's probably the fourth time I've watched that match. I still get goosebumps. Is there any negatives to it as we sort of move on to the last one that we have here on this list? Are there any negatives to this ladder match you can think of? There's nothing that stands out to me. I suppose the only negative is it was so good. It's almost like, wow, 
where the hell do you go from that? Yeah, okay, I get that. Um, again, you're using old Shagger Dave Meltzer as a point of reference. Um, he gave this five stars. So I guess he kind of agrees with you, Sha. It, it, it was it was top top notch. I mean, one criticism I do have is there are time. I suppose it happens with these kind of matches. You can't really avoid it. But you have the two issues of one: four guys laying outside the ring, selling for ages, whilst two guys are getting their stuff in in the match, um, and then it's almost like they take it in turns. That bothers me a little bit. But I understand for television, it has to be done. That's um, the nature of the beast, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, and the next one, again, it's very much the nature of the beast, I suppose. It does sometimes just turn into a spot fest. It does sometimes just turn into, okay, we've done that stunt. Now we need to position things ready for the next stunt. But at the same time, most ladder matches, especially multi-person ladder matches, are done this way. And this one's done very, very, very well. Yeah, and again, that that to me is is a part of the show, and it's a part it's part and parcel of being multi man and a ladder match. It mm. is, you know, everyone's got to have their moment, and the talent that they had in that ring, everyone had multiple moments, and the smaller guys, I use the term loosely, but the smaller guys almost made up for the bigger guys because the bigger guys can't do the flips and tricks. Yeah, okay. Well, I suppose the bigger guys can do the power moves. Like, for example, yeah. I think Dane at one stage had someone on his shoulders and then somebody else in almost like a body slam position as well. Um, I think he had three of them at one stage. Yeah, just, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a really big spot, a big visual, I guess, that you're not going to get if they are all smaller guys, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. That brings us to the final selection you made, Shah, for us to go back and watch out of your three of the four. Um, do you want to just run through uh, the details of this match? Why, And ultimately, I suppose, why you chose it? So for my third and final, um, I picked Adam Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks at Revolution 2020 for the tag team titles. Okay. Um, why does this matter? I mean, you don't need to tell me. I already know. But, <laughs> but <laughs> the, why? The does... reason I've picked this match is growing up and watching the wrestling I watched. You know, the, you know let me tell you a little story. Um, <laughs> growing up and watching story the time with Sharon Powell, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, it. Tag teams were a big deal for me because I grew up watching the Rockers, watching the Heart Foundation. As you know, they're the two standout ones. I'm not going to carry on going on and on about it, but mm. this felt to me like this match made tag team wrestling relevant. Okay, it it wasn't a watching WWE for as long as we have. Tag team wrestling, I feel, has been very much. Oh God, I better suppose. I suppose we better put one of them matches on, hadn't we? Yeah. Watching a watching AEW as a whole, but watching this match especially, and I like I like all the guys as well. You know, we've watched them for a long time, way back when before AEW. But it just was breathtaking. It was stunning. Yeah, and um, um, when you um when you gave me the the, the three matches you had selected. Um, I could, I'll be honest, I probably could have picked two of them. 
Um, the third one, I had no idea what you were going to go with. But this was one of the two that I was fairly adamant you were going to choose. Um, because again, this watch rewatching it for this, that's the third time I've seen that match. Yeah, and I, I, I know we've it said it the week the week it happened. Yeah, and I know we've said it several times on the show, but what going back and watching old wrestling is something you really do not do. It it just does not happen. You, you're very no. much you have memories of things. You watch the odd match that um, for chain wrestling when I put it on, and you'll just happen to be in the room and so on. But you're very much a case of watching what's being put out now because there is so much content available now it's difficult i suppose to keep up sometimes um i absolutely adored this watching this back this is the first time i've seen this since we watched it live and i always knew it was good of course again another five-star match from from old uncle dave and we always talk about it being a great memory, a great match that we watched together and so on. But it wasn't until watching it back today that I remember just how bloody good it actually is. I mean, so good. The Young Bucks are fantastic. I mean, I think Nick Jackson has got the potential, if it ever happened for them, and, and they did split, whether amicably or not, and you had people in the singles ranks, I think Nick Jackson's got the potential to be up there with the likes of uh, a Daniel Bryan or a Kenny Omega as being considered one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, I just think sometimes in a tag tag match or tag division, you sometimes lose a little bit of that. You need to be a singles to be really sort of fought off that way, potentially. Uh, Page is excellent, of course. And and to me, Omega, especially at this stage, he he was top dog. He was the guy. I mean, what a cast of characters. It was just like, I sound like I haven't got a clue what I'm on about, but it was just breathtaking. Everything, not even just the match itself was outstanding. I don't think you can get any better especially when talking tag team matches but everything about it the build-up was phenomenal the storytelling uh, around the match it was just incredible yeah i forgot about some of this obviously the whole page storyline with omega it looks like it's going to be sort of reignited very soon with page potentially returning and um and a, a title match down the line and so on um but here as long ago as this was, I mean, I'm not talking. This isn't. This wasn't decades ago, of course. But in the in the big scheme of things, it seems like this was a long time ago because of what's gone on in the world since. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you a recap of what happened with the elite and and Hangman and Omega and the Bucks and everyone else up to this point. And it kind of I was sat there watching the recap footage on the video, going, "Oh yeah, oh my god, yeah, oh yeah." And you realise how long, how long a storyline, Page, Omega, the Elite, and all that around AEW and the world title and around how they treated Paige, how long-term this has been. Yeah, yeah, called him a Ring of Honor jobber, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's so much in this match. I mean, this match goes, I think, 40 minutes or something silly like that. Um, there's so much in this match. We can't possibly cover it all. But what what particular moments stand out, if any? Or was it all just so good it blurs into one big awesomeness? <laughs> And again, this is the emotional side of wrestling when you are emotionally invested in the people you're watching. It was literally the emotions that did it. The reluctance when um, uh, Omega stops Hangman putting Matt Jackson through a table. Now, in Mm. any other circumstance, he wouldn't have done that. But this is like, no, he's our friend. You can't do that. And it just... It was amazing, and to watch the progression of that through the match was incredible. 
Yeah, it, it, it gets me as well when you get these these certain individuals online. Some of them very prominent in the, in the wrestling world um, with a history for working for different companies and so on. Who say the likes of the Bucks and Omega, they don't they don't understand ring psychology. They can't tell a story. <sighs> I call absolute bullshit because if, if you think that, then you've not been paying attention. That's yeah, just just. How long did Matt Jackson have a bad back for? <laughs> <laughs> that went on for ages. <laughs> you know, and they all, I mean, obviously it's very simplistic because it's a case of, oh, he's got a bad back or work at the back. But it's still, it's all, you know, harks back to previous contests and previous moments. And I mean, that just shows, I suppose, as, as one very obvious example, I guess, how, how behind the crowd, how behind the page, sorry, are, are the crowd as well. I've I've got written down at least twice that I can see quickly the cowboy shit chance. Yeah, yeah. You got a, uh, as soon as he comes to the ring, they've got the cowboy shit chance going. Yeah. And, um, and it's just, it's incredible. I love Hangman Page anyway. And the one thing I've always said to you from, from the moment, obviously physically, you know, he's all right, I suppose. Um, but uh-huh. I, I said to you the first match I watched of his, I was like, who is that? Like, I was mesmerized by his wrestling style. Mm. And I still love it now. You know, it hasn't changed, but I still love it. I love watching him wrestle. So for me personally, when we've had conversations about all these people, to see Paige be as over as he is, I love it. Yeah, no, I agree. There's something really likable about the guy, isn't there? Um, it's his beautiful could- blue eyes. Yeah, that's exactly what does it for me too. We, <laughs> I remember that we, we first sort of came across him um, on a New Japan show, and it might have been a, a, a G1 event that we were watching with Charlie. Yeah, I think it was. And we both sat down watching the, the rerun of this G1 event, and completely out of nowhere, he does the uh, Hangman Page I'm referring to here, does a shooting star press, but from a standing position. Mm. Uh, and you and me both at exactly the same time just went, whoa. Because it literally came out of nowhere, just this, all of a sudden, this, this bloke, he's not a small fella. I mean, he's no he, he's no Hulk Hogan or Triple H or anything like that. Of course not. But he's not a small guy. And he just he's, busts like he's a got, shit. He's stuff. always had a bit of um, like puppy fat, hasn't he? So you don't expect to see moves like that. Yeah. I mean, that really, I just looked at that and thought, that, that's incredible. Um, another moment that really amazed me, I thought was brilliant, was when Kenny Omega pushed Matt Jackson towards Hangman Page. And he sort of half half waist locked him and threw him over his head into a big suplex. But the timing of it, it was all so smooth. I mean, these guys just I I can't go through spot by spot by spot because there was so much no. in this. Anyone listening, go and check out this match again. If you've never seen it or you've not seen it in a long time, go and watch it again because I I was mesmerized the second time round watching this match. Absolutely it's, breathtaking yeah. stuff. Um I suppose then that kind of effectively brings us towards the end of our summary here. And we should really probably have a look at the finish of this match where um, Hangman actually hits a one-winged angel at one stage, doesn't he? Which I thought was a lovely little uh, little touch there using Kenny Omega. Beautiful, may I add. Like, I I thought he does it incredibly. And for me, I suppose I've never, I've literally never seen anyone else do it because it's a, Kenny Omega move so mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone else do it so to see Paige do it was incredible yeah and he gets the the two counts because um, again nobody kicks out of it the, the count is broken up 
Uh, Hangman hits his buckshot lariat to the outside onto the entrance ramp on one of the young bucks, and then from the outside back into the ring on the other of the young bucks to you know get the pinfall and retain their titles. I, I thought it was a uh, just just absolute gold, just absolute brilliance from the first bell until the last. Um, Going back to what you said, like it, it's a forty-minute match. Hmm. Now you, it doesn't feel like a forty-minute match when you watch it. No, no, you're right. I mean, I, I think the first half of the match it almost feels slow from what I remember. I'm not saying it's a slow, sluggish match or anything like that, but the first half doesn't quite feel. It doesn't feel what I can remember the match being. But then you get to sort of 20, 25, 30 minutes in and they just amp it up and amp it up and all the way to the finish. It's absolute, just just brilliant. And I love tag team wrestling anyway. Arn and Tully, uh, you know, the Midnights, the Rock and Roll Express and so on. Seeing tag team wrestling done in the modern era, done brilliantly, I really enjoy because I think it's been missing for so long with WWE being the only show around and they not um, they not putting the effort in, I guess potentially. They've not invested in their tag team. No, you're right. I mean, one of the most laughable titles at the moment, I think, is the WWE Women's Tag Titles. As nice as the belts may look, I can't name you a women's tag team in WWE. I think they broke them all up. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's that's a conversation for another day. Right then, here we go. And this is, I think, where you and me may disagree a touch. We rank mm-hmm. the matches our top four from four down to one out of these four contests the three that you chose not sin in yours you say yourself and then the one that i put forward as a new match for you to see what come we'll go we'll go in reverse order what comes in for you at number four i'd have to say at number four it's the rock versus triple h why you surprise me well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm because on board you was expecting me to put your match forth. I was a hundred percent. I thought purely because of the Rock. And I know how much of a big fan of the Rock you were, and and you chose the Rock Triple H match because it reminds you of of getting back into wrestling and so on. I thought the, the nostalgia side might carry it potentially. But I'm taking nostalgia out of it. Yeah, I mean, if if you're okay. asking, you're not asking me to pick my favorite wrestlers. That's obviously another show altogether. But it, in the respect of what we've watched, I I can't see it being beating any of the others. No, I, I, I'm I'm completely on board with that. I'm completely on board. My my fourth choice is exactly the same: Rock versus Triple H, SummerSlam '98. Um, I think this may be one of the last positions we agree on. <laughs> uh, number three. Where do you go, Sha? What 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 what's your third? Well, I'm gonna have to say Steamboat Magic for three. I thought you would, yeah. Okay. Well, so when it weren't fourth, I thought it was gonna be three. Yeah. Okay. Reason being that what you explained before, it just looks dated yeah. and so. Yeah, just just exactly that. I mean, it it was better than watching the Rock Triple H again in respect of um, content of the match. But it's nowhere near the next two for me no. personally. Okay. And again, and that's the beauty of it. Um, it's all personal opinions. There's no right or wrong. I mean, don't get me wrong, you are wrong. But there's no right. Or... 
that was heard quite of the saying happy wife happy life <laughs> well yeah okay <laughs> um this is what i'm really looking forward to well, i've been looking forward to doing this show with you and i'm looking forward to doing this format with other people as well because the difference in opinions and stuff i mean i'm very much a wcw fan i know i'm going to rank certain wcw matches above other matches because of my preference for that company so it's just interesting hearing people's thoughts um my number three is actually the north american ladder match oh my god <laughs> um purely because it's amazing and, and honestly the, the top three rock and triple h at four i think is a step below all the others that's why it's in fourth place the next three you can ask me again tomorrow it'll be a different order you can ask me again i just i'm not going to ask you tomorrow because i'm not going to be speaking to you tomorrow <laughs> um, it's, I, I think they are all so good and me putting this match at number three doesn't mean in any way shape or form I don't think it's very good I think it's amazing and rightfully a five star match and so on of course but at this moment in time having watched the matches back in the last last sort of 24 hours 48 hours this is third for me purely because of the fact that we've seen so many multi-man ladder matches now and so many of the matches follow a similar format i guess does that make sense yeah yeah okay and what we'll do now is, is, we'll, is we'll... that thing i'm going to contradict myself because as i just said for number four or oh, i'm not letting emotions dictate that i am going to contradict myself with the next two yeah i can understand that okay um what we'll do actually because i'm in so intrigued by which order you put i think you know which order i'm going to put them in I genuinely don't. I genuinely don't. Well, quickly give my, my, my last two and then we'll get get to your two because I think that's more intriguing than mine. Um, second place, I've got the WrestleMania 3 contest between Steamboat and Savage purely because it's a wrestling match. It says wrestling on the poster. It says wrestling on the marquee. And that's what I love, a wrestling match. And these are two guys, guys putting on a fantastic wrestling contest. And then number one for me out of the four that we've looked at is the Bucks versus Page and Omega. One of the best tag matches I've ever seen. And that's that's all I want to say because this show is not about my choices; it's about you. So this is going to fascinate me now. You're oh, one and three. two in, in any any order you fancy. You're one <laughs> and two. Divide because I know these two are big big matches for you, and I don't know which way you're going to go. Okay. Well, when I start talking, you'll know. It's as simple as that. Okay. My number one mm-hmm. is going to win out because of emotion. So. For me, the number one match is the NXT North American title match. Really? Yes, because emotionally, don't get me wrong, I take nothing away from the tag team title. There's literally like 0.0001 between the two. That's how I feel, yeah. It's so close, but you, you know how I felt with Adam Cole and the fact that I didn't think he'd win that match because everything was pointing away from him. Yeah. So the emotion I personally felt when he won with the tag team match, absolutely amazing display. And it got to the stage where you didn't care who win who who won, sorry. Yeah. Because of how incredible it was. With the North American one, I genuinely didn't think Cole would win. Genuinely did not. So to see him win was just incredible for me. Yeah, okay. I, I fully understand that. I'm surprised 
Well, it's so daft. I, I, I'm, I'm going to contradict myself completely in the space of two sentences here. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought you were going to go, if I had to pick which one was going to be your number one, just from watching these matches with you in the past, talking about it and so on, I thought you would go with Bucks versus Page Omega because I know how much you adored that match. And however, I four of them as well. Yeah, of course. Um, however, if you hadn't picked the North American title match, I would have been surprised. But then you've picked the North American title match. I'm surprised it's not Bucks, Page and Omega. So I, you're going to shock me either way because I know these two matches are, you know, I mean, I, 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 I'm in theory, I'm assuming because I've made you pick a top four. If you could have your way, you'd have them both at number one. But <laughs> Well, yeah, I pretty much would because they both hit for different reasons. Yeah. And my, unlike you, my number one will never change for the simple fact that it's coal and it's always about coal for me. So it it won't change, but the closeness of the two will, mm. it is just, it's literally, you couldn't even fit a Rizzler paper between the two. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Okay. I have had a brilliant time talking wrestling with you, my love. Absolutely fantastic. It's not um, like it's something we do every day or anything. No, no, no. Just we're in different rooms at the moment because that's the way I'm recording. <laughs> <laughs> and, and do it, you know, episode 50 of SJP as well. The fact that I'm still doing podcasts and that chain wrestling has come around with mags and that SJP has 50 episodes. And I have people, you know, I, I go to a wrestling event um, after lockdown opened up again and the wrestlers are coming over to me during their entrance to say hello because they recognize me from talking to me on the show and all this sort of stuff. All of that, all of that is down to you. Um, all of that is down to you pushing me into this. All of the, all of this is down to you. I wouldn't have done episode one if it wasn't for you sort of motivating me, pushing me into this after I'd done some writing and so on and telling me that I, I, I can talk for Britain. Why don't I do a podcast so you haven't got to listen to it and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> um, so again, whatever it is, 40 odd episodes of Chain Wrestling, 13, 14 of them live, some brilliant friends I've met, the likes of Magsy, um, Scottish Danny, UTT Rob, Andy from Bang Bang, um, Dan as well from UTT Podcast, Dan Griffin, and all these guys, Steve-O, everyone, everyone, Ori, the, the old lot, um, Tanner, Radio Techers, all these friends I've met now, that I read you countless friends, it all comes back to you kicking me in the arse and saying, pull your finger out and get yourself a podcast, what are you are doing? Um, so on that note, 50 episodes in, I want to say, Thank you so, so much for motivating me and supporting me through all of this. Um, it, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing it without you, and I have a great time doing it. So I love you, and, and thank you. You are welcome. And <laughs> just, uh, just to say this, there's a reason I pushed you for this, and you know this, and it, it got to the stage where I'm practically shouting at you, being like, for God's sakes, just do it. What have you got to lose? And... I still stand by that now. With with everything you've done, it's like just do it. You I think sometimes you've needed to kick up the backside, but I was happy to do that to get you where you are now and beyond. No, it means a great deal. I really, really appreciate it. As you know, I tell you virtually every day. So <laughs> um 
before we, well, I say before we go, before we end the recording and, uh, and I come and sit next to you again on the sofa, um, <laughs> <laughs> I want you to let everybody know about the fantastic debut book you have penned yourself, where people can find it. I mean, majority of people who listen to Chain Wrestling are aware already, but there's people who listen to this show who may not listen to that one. Tell us about the book. Tell us about where people can find it. Give us a bit of information. The floor is yours. Oh, Lord. Um, so my debut book is called Sweet Melody. It is only available on Amazon and you can get it on Kindle Unlimited if you are subscribed. At the moment, it's on offer for 99p. If you haven't got Kindle Unlimited, so now's the time to grab it before it goes up to 2 99 You haven't put me on the spot, but you have put me on the spot because all of, we've been talking so much wrestling that I've suddenly gone, uh, what? I wrote a book. <laughs> yes it's got me on the cover hasn't it (laughs) (laughs) no it blatantly hasn't the bloke on the cover is in far better physical shape than i my hair is better than his though isn't it yes my love your hair is so much better than his i'm I'm glad i'm gonna i know that's like ridiculously patronizing and you're not telling the truth but i'm gonna take that i'm okay with that (laughs) um what's all getting edited out because i lie (laughs) (laughs) no this will stay i'm just gonna cut the bit out where you say you lie that's the bit that's getting cut (laughs) um just let people know out there what sort of uh the the genre of book it is uh, if people want to if that's the sort of genre they're into and 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 so on it is rockstar romance with a twist because it's not airy fairy there are a few twists and turns along the way um so if you don't like romance don't read it it's really a waste of your time (laughs) but if you do go get it yes definitely do it's a bit saucy in places as well great stuff um both of our mothers have read it (laughs) i don't even want to think about my mum reading saucy (laughs) stuff that you've written that makes me feel weird (laughs) can can i just do a bit of a sidebar my, I had a review on Goodreads and she didn't star it, but what she said actually had me in stitches because, um, spoiler alert and apologies for anyone younger listening, I suppose. Maybe they won't know what I'm on about if they're too young or you could just edit this out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the review was, I'm barely two chapters in and she's squirting in his face. How ridiculous. <laughs> so that, oh. that gives you a basis of what you're in for. Yeah, I suppose it does. I suppose it does. Sharon, can you tell all the wonderful people out there on the internet land where they can find you online, where they can find links to, um, well, your, your social medias, uh, your book uh, pages and so on? So I am... Everywhere online, everything comes under Sharon Korea. It's spelt weird, and I apologise for that, but that's my name. And you'll be able to see it in any links attached to this. So you can find me on all of the normal socials, except Twitter is at Sharon Korea 13, because how at Sharon Korea was gone. How do you spell Korea quickly, Sharon, just for the listeners? It's spelt C O R R. E-I-A. Okay, there we go. Um, you can find me on Twitter at SJP Words. You can find the show 
on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SJP Wrestling Pod. Um, and also, I suggest you not only follow Sharon there at Sharon Career all over the place and at Sharon Career 13 on Twitter, but also go and give Radio Techers a follow. Um, on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed. You've got a little notification bell ticked and so on. Uh, everyone on Radio Tech is doing fantastic stuff. Football, UFC, MMA, pro wrestling. There's so much there. You know, There's going to be gaming talk, uh, all sorts. There's so much content coming at you. I mean, literally in the last two hours um, before sitting down to record this podcast, more people were added to the Techers crew who are going to bring in even more quality content for you to check out via podcasts, via live videos, via YouTube streaming, whatever, Twitch, whatever. So go check out Radio Techers, at Radio Techers on Twitter. Again, at SJP Words for myself. You can find me, all my shows and so on there. Sharon, thank you so, so much for tolerating me talking wrestling every day since we met. Thank you so, so much for tolerating Talking Wrestling with me as we record this today um, and running through this new format, which I think has, has, has been a, a good fun. Uh, you're welcome for coming up with that idea, by the way. <laughs> yes, I will be plugging your idea each time we do one. Um, okay, and to everyone else, as always, thank you for listening. Skype's a fucking ball bag. You're a ball bag. You're a ball bag. <laughs> fucking knobhead. <laughs> oh, this is blatantly getting cut and put on the outtakes at the end. <laughs> we didn't watch it together. I already knew the result because I went up to bed and watched it on my Kindle and trying to contain that excitement was... Oh, shit. Um, for match three, I suppose, shall we have a look at the selection I chose, Sha? Match three, do you mean two? Match two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look at you catching me. That's going on the outtakes reel at the end of the show as well. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, um, let me get a chest. Sorry, I, are you going to edit that now and guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll edit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I've had to move about a hundred times because your dickhead of a cat has been making a racket. <laughs> Another moment I really enjoyed was when Kevin Owens 
pushed Matt Jackson towards Hangman Page. And he Kevin kind of, Owens. Or Kevin Owens. Bloody hell, what's wrong with me? Um, Kenny Is Omega, it sorry. KO? <laughs> I've written down KO in shorthand, yeah. <laughs> um, you got Kevin, oh, they did it again, bloody Kevin Owens. Um, 